Hey y'all, welcome to Blonversations. I'm Bren. I am really excited. It is week one of book club. I have posted the rundown of the reading schedule on the Blonversations Instagram page. So head over there and check it out. And yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm really excited. This is something I've wanted to do for so long with a group of girlfriends. And here we are. So we will be diving in this week. And like I said previously, the reading schedule is about, it's about 10 pages a day. Um, if you prefer to read it all in one sitting, good on you. Um, if you are going to listen to it on Audible, fantastic. I am really excited. Let's jump right in with our television program recap. First of all, I want to say that the Gossip Girl reboot has surprisingly been really good. I will say it's kind of weird to me that HBO Max is like a streaming service and yet they're putting out weekly episodes. A little obnoxious because I don't want to wait <laughs> every week for a new episode, but it's it's been surprisingly good. Um, season two of Outer Banks just came out and Kellen and I are watching it. If you haven't checked out Outer Banks, it's fantastic. Definitely more than just like a teeny boppy drama. We had a new episode, thankfully, of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Can I just say Kathy Hilton is still down to earth as ever and forever obsessed with her? I, each week, am just, <laughs> I'm just so surprised at how real she is. Gosh, they, her daughter and her sister were making fun of her outfit and she is like, who cares? Who are we trying to impress? Like, who cares? I, I would not have expected that from someone with the last name Hilton. Um, she is a hoot, honest to God. And then a little bit of juicy drama happened between Erica and Garcelle. Erica shared a vulnerable private moment about her relationship with her soon-to-be ex-husband. And Garcelle, in turn, then shared that moment with the other women, causing Erica to get super upset. And I believe it was yesterday, Lisa Rinna actually posted on her Instagram that she wished they would have aired the footage of Erica like cussing out the producers because supposedly, allegedly, the producers told Garcelle to ask Erica the question and bring it up, um, causing causing the conflict. I will say it was super heartbreaking to see Erica break down the way that she did, and they kind of gave some teasers of some more stuff that's going to unfold this season. Right now, everything as far as like Erica and her involvement with Tom Girardi and the lawsuits is all speculation, so I'm reserving my right to make up my mind when we have more information. Because right now everything's just speculation. So I want to see how it plays out. Then we had the season finale of The Hills and potentially the series finale. We're not sure if it's going to get another season, but I kind of hope that it does because it was really entertaining, honestly. And I'm a sucker for a good trash TV program. So 
We got to see a softer side of Justin Bobby this season, and I really enjoyed that. It was kind of interesting to see the former, like, bad boy, playboy talk about maybe he does want to settle down and have a family. I just thought it was a cute take on him. We got to see Heidi wanting so badly to be pregnant. And honestly, as somebody that has struggled with infertility for mm, like a decade, (laughs) I would say that it really hit home to me, uh, made my heart really sad and felt really heavy and emotional because I've been there. I've been there where you're telling yourself you're not going to be disappointed and to just stay like happy and content with the life that you have, but you deeply, deeply want a baby. And watching her be so raw about that, I thought was really incredible because, I mean, she's a reality TV star and so much of it is bullshit and fake, right? But that emotion... (laughs) That's real. That was a woman showing her vulnerable side in an area of life that is so often not talked about. And I just thought it was really, really relatable. We also got to see like Heidi and Spencer make up with Jason and Ashley, and um, Brandon Lee is now single and healing from his breakup. And I'm happy to report that Brody Jenner is still as beautiful as ever. <laughs> Another like standout part for me was they were on a healing retreat and there was a moment where Ashley was talking with the healer and the healer was touching on actually exactly what we're going to talk about today. Um, moments of feeling unworthy and making sure to like take the opportunity to give yourself love and truly loving all of ourselves. And I thought that that was really incredible. It's another thing that I don't think is fully discussed that is so crucial to who we are as human beings and what we need to get through the days, right? So with that, I think that we should just dive right in. Today, I wanted to talk about the idea of your self-love needing to be always, always, always stronger than your want to be loved by others. And I'm going to say that again because I really, I really need to (laughs) drive this home with you. Your self-love needs to always be stronger than your want to be loved by others. That is something that I have struggled with my entire life. I am a people pleaser and I want fiercely to be liked by everybody and it's taking me into my 30s to recognize that you're just not going to be liked by everybody and accepting that that's okay. It's literally an impossible thing to achieve. So you have to let that go. It's never going to happen. But even more so than that, you have to love yourself. You have to like yourself and you have to 
love yourself more than you want someone else to love you, more than you're craving that love and acceptance from another person. On that topic, we need to care more about what we think of ourselves versus what someone else thinks of us. So I think the way that these correlate with like people pleasing and wanting to be liked, I've learned in therapy that people pleasing and wanting to be liked can stem from a fear of rejection or a fear of abandonment. And the thing is, a lot of times that also comes from insecurities and lack of confidence in who we are, which directly, directly correlates with a lack of self-love and typically goes hand in hand with a negative self-talk. I, for the longest time, didn't, didn't recognize this. It's so, so important to become your own biggest cheerleader in life instead of self-deprecating your way through life. (laughs) And I did this. I did this especially with my weight gain. During our years of struggling with fertility, my infertility, and my PCOS, I had gained so much weight that I became a shell of a person. I had just completely lost touch with myself and who I am. And I used self-deprecation as a way to deal with life. I pretty much became like Fat Amy on the TV show, or not TV show, the movie um, Pitch Perfect, where she calls herself Fat Amy so that other people don't call her Fat Amy. Like, it's her idea, right? And I had become like the self-deprecation queen. I had gotten to a point where I would describe myself in these terrible ways that were just horrific. And if if anybody ever said it about somebody that I loved, I would want to like knock their teeth in because you don't talk about people you love that way. But my whole mentality behind describing myself terribly was if I say it first, it'll hurt less if or when someone else says it. And I was brutal to myself. So my token phrase to like describe my body or describe my size would be to call myself a two-story single family home with a three-car garage. And it sounds ridiculous. Like I'm laughing inside thinking about it because this is such an obvious exaggeration. I was not as big as a fucking house. I wasn't as big as a fucking car. So therefore, I definitely wasn't as big as a two-story single family home with a three-car garage. Like it's it's a very, very over-exaggerated description of myself. And therefore, I thought that it was really comical because I had gotten so large for me. Over-exaggerating it made it funny, right? And at the same time, I was so insecure and unhappy with where I was physically and health-wise that it was painful and it was hurtful for me when other people would comment on it. And I had to cut that pain with comedy and 
addressing the elephant in the room that had become my size. And I had to do that on my own self-deprecating terms because that was my way of controlling the dialogue around my weight. Now, while I do think handling things with humor is completely amazing and beneficial because life is unpredictable and we shouldn't take ourselves or life too seriously, I also think that it can be detrimental if you're making yourself the butt of the joke all the time eventually that turns to negative self-talk. And that's exactly what had happened with me. Like that became the way that I spoke to myself. It stopped being a joke and was just the way that I spoke to myself. And instead of being like a humorous defense mechanism, it was just my self-talk. And self-talk is so important. Positive self-talk is so important. Negative self-talk is detrimental to your mental health. Positive self-talk is there to set the tone, set the tone for how we allow other people to speak to us, how we allow other people to speak about us. And yet my negative self-talk had not only become my norm, but It had transformed me from being my biggest cheerleader to being my biggest frenemy. And the thing is, we have to be our biggest cheerleaders in life. This is something that I fiercely struggle with. I I deal with it with my therapist where she's like, you, I remember one of our early sessions together and she asked me, do you like yourself? I'm like, duh. (laughs) Everybody likes themselves. And then she's like, no, really, do you like yourself? Do you love yourself? And it sounds so silly and so simple, but what she was trying to get me to recognize is I wasn't behaving in a way that seemed like I liked myself or loved myself. I was seeking outside validation because I was so insecure and uncomfortable with the idea of being proud of myself and praising myself and rooting for myself. But the thing is, if you're not rooting for you, why the hell would anyone else root for you? If you're not out there saying, I'm a badass, I'm a fucking rock star, I'm doing a damn good job, then why would why would somebody else? And the hard part for me is it feels gross to me to be like, it's like a cocky thing, but my therapist has helped me realize that it's not cocky. It doesn't have to be like super ego driven and feel like a negative thing or feel gross or feel like you're just being this boastful asshole, but there's nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments, being your own biggest cheerleader. And the thing about me that I've realized, same with a lot of my friends, is I am the one that's like, hell yeah, sister, you got this. You rock. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to see what you accomplish. I know it's going to be a killer. You're doing a fantastic job. I love encouraging people and cheering people on in any capacity of what they're doing, whether whether it's work-related, marriage-related, parenting-related, school, you name it. I just, I love 
thinking that I'm making someone smile or encouraging them not to give up because life is fucking hard, right? And we all have our breaking points and we all have days that we're just like, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. So I love being the one to say, you're a fucking rock star. You're a champion. Look at you crushing it. You're doing killer. But I don't do that for myself. And I think so many of us forget that we should do that for ourselves. In fact, so many people talk about it, not just my therapist, not just the healer on the hills, even someone like Mel Robbins, who's like, start giving yourselves, it sounds so silly, but giving yourself a high five in the mirror. When you see yourself in the mirror, give yourself a high five. These little things that we do, right? Or the healer saying, go stand in the mirror, go stand in the mirror and tell yourself all the things you love about yourself. My counselor saying, hey, go stand in the mirror and say this or go visualize this, like visualize yourself accomplishing these things and congratulating yourself because you did it and you should be proud. The same way that you congratulate your sister, your mother, your husband, your best friend, we have to, have to, have to take the opportunity to give ourselves self-love. It is beneficial beyond anything you can imagine. And if you're not doing it or worse, you're giving yourself self-hate and you're degrading yourself and you're, I had gotten to a point where I felt so fucking worthless. I would stand in the mirror and tell myself, you're disgusting. You're fat. You're a piece of shit. Nobody loves you. Nobody wants to be your friend. Like this sounds obnoxious, I'm sure, but I had gotten to a point where the jokes that I was saying to make light of the pain that I was feeling because I was struggling so bad really, really started to make me think that I was just this like worthless piece of shit. And it took me years to claw out of feeling unworthy of things. And I'm not even just talking like unworthy of pursuing my wildest dreams, but unworthy of genuine friendships, unworthy of somebody wanting to be in my life just because they think I'm a cool person, just because they think that I bring joy to their life. I had gotten to this idea that I had to completely overextend myself at the expense of myself because I so badly wanted and needed to be loved by other people and accepted by other people that I would push everything else aside. I was so available, like obnoxiously available and willing to go over the top, out of the way, because I I wanted them to be like, oh my gosh, she's she's fucking incredible. Did you see what she did for the party? Did you see the gifts she made for our child? Did you see, you know, the the dessert that she brought that she homemade and the fucking bow that she homemade and just like these ridiculous acts of service because that's one of the ways that I show love and gift giving is a way that I show love and like doing these things. But to an extent that was like, who did I think I was? Oprah fucking Winfrey? Like, you get a gift basket. You get a gift basket. You get a charcuterie board. You get a party for you. Like, 
to the point that I was spending money I didn't have to spend, spending time that I didn't have to give, and wearing myself the fuck out because I felt like if I didn't, these people wouldn't want to be my friends. These people wouldn't love me anymore. I would be failing because on my own, I was not enough. And all of that comes from the fact that I was not giving myself self-love. I was not looking in the mirror and saying, you're enough just as you are. And I know that I'm not the only person that has struggled with this. I know that I'm not the only one that feels unlovable at times or unworthy or like you're not enough. And I want to tell you that you are. You are enough just as you are. Whatever it is that you bring to the table, whatever is your most authentic you, the right people will love you for that, for everything that you are and everything that you're not. And you do not have to be everything for everybody. I love that my friends know that they can call me for a recipe or a gift-giving idea, or, hey, do you want to help host this? Or that truly is an area of pride for me. It truly is something that makes me so fucking happy. I, I I do love the fact that I love to be a little hostess, and I love to put together gift baskets for any celebration. I think that life should be celebrated and every, every moment (laughs) you, you're pregnant, gift basket, engaged, gift basket, new home, gift basket, new job, gift basket. Like you're going on vacation. Oh, surprise gift basket. That, (laughs) that is something that brings me so much pride and joy to create these things or to, you know, come to an event with a great spread that I did take time in because that is a way that I show that I love you. But it took a while for me to like put a cap on it and not go completely batshit crazy overboard. I mean, listen, my husband still would tell you that I go overboard, but that's kind of just me as a person. I'm talking overboard, like spending thousands of dollars on an event. That's not even my fucking event because I felt like I had to be the biggest and the best, or I was unworthy. Sometimes it's really awesome to just attend the event. Sometimes it's enough to just be there. Sometimes it's enough to just be a listening ear without having to get a present, you know? So if you've ever felt like you aren't enough, or you don't measure up, or you don't know if you like yourself, I would encourage you to sit with that and think about all the things that you do love about yourself and recognize that every single person, every person, even like asshole people (laughs) that do bad things at, at their core, unless they are like evil sadistic, I always feel like I have to give these like exceptions to the rule because there's going to be some listener that's like, well, what about, you know, the guy that murdered his wife and his children? Well, no, okay, not that fucking guy, but most people, I don't know why I just made that listener like a little old person. 
my point is most people are worthy of love and self-love and understanding that whoever they are and whatever they bring to the table is phenomenal and amazing. And if you're feeling like you're lacking, if you're feeling like you suck and you don't measure up and you're unworthy, it might not be you. Honestly, babe, it's probably the people you're hanging out with. (laughs) You should not only be giving yourself self-love, but you should be surrounding yourself with people that want to root for you and want to support you in the things that you're doing. I think that's a key thing that we learn as we get older, that just because you've known someone and loved someone your whole life or the last 10 years or the last two years, whatever it is, someone could be so amazing, but they may just be amazing for that time in your life. Not everybody wants to see you succeed. That's just the facts. That's the truth of it. Some people like you because they think that they're better than you. And when you start doing really well in your own life, they don't like that. They don't want to see you doing well. They need you to stay in the box that they put you in. So if you're feeling really shitty and you're trying to do your own self-love talks and you're, you're going to therapy and you're doing whatever you can do and things aren't getting better, maybe check your friends. Maybe check the family members that you allow to have space in your life and see if they're adding value or if they're causing discomfort. The main takeaway is be your own biggest cheerleader, megaphone, pom-poms and all, rooting for yourself, telling yourself what a fucking rock star you are, how much you love yourself. You are enough, enough just as you are. And if you're like I used to be, I would encourage you to hang up the frenemy hat and pick up those pom-poms, babe. I think that that is a really good place to stop. I want to remind you to crack open your books and start reading chapters one through six this week of the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. We will just briefly go over it at the beginning of next week's episode before diving in on our television program recaps. I hope everyone has a beautiful weekend and week ahead, depending on when you're listening to this. As always, this is Blondversations. I am Bren. We will chat soon. Cheers.